Hi, everybody. This is David Siegel, and boy, we're starting year three of the Suncast. Coach Kurt Miller, General Manager Kurt Miller. Coach, can you believe this is three years already? It goes fast, uh, but a great addition uh, to our organization and, and to, uh, most importantly, our fan base. Well, it's glad, it's good to be back, and even though this is going to be a really bizarre season, we'll see what we can do to keep everybody involved and up to date with what's going on. So, Kurt, let, let's just start right away. June 15th, they announced that there's going to be a season. You've got to get your team in place. They've got to decide if they're playing, and you've got to be out by July 6th. This has got to be driving you absolutely crazy as a person that likes to plan. Well, certainly uh, it's been uh, the whole off season, David. I, I must tell you, from free agency on to the virtual draft uh, to then uh, potential preparations of a training camp roster and then having to <laughs> narrow down that roster before training camp, it, it has been a whirlwind and a and for what maybe the public uh, thought um, – you know, would there be a season? Is it a hopeful season? It has been a nonstop uh, daily grind of long, long days, and it only longer recently uh, when it became apparent that we were going to be able to pull off a, a WNBA season at a, at a clean site, at a single site location. And so it's nonstop preparations, which continue to this moment that we're talking. Well, just to, to touch on it quickly, you know, the, the players did not get all the detail, most of the details, some of the details, however you want to put it, until right before the deadline to opt in or not. So that just shows even more that this is in the works and it's still a uh, free-flowing season. So, you know, it, it's a little tough for you to get into any details as to what's going to happen in the bubble because most people don't know yet. Well, without question, you know, there, there's a lot of um, uh, compliments to the WNBA leadership uh, through this all. Uh, they're planning, trying to keep uh, the health and safety of our players uh, first and foremost. So many stakeholders involved uh, with discussions and with pieces of this in order to pull off a season. Uh, but with knowing that we're going to pull off a season, there's certainly details that constantly are in consistently changing, evolving, um, and we need to be nimble. And we need to understand that through COVID and through the ex medical experts, um, protocols, procedures are constantly changing and trying to get that communicated throughout all the, uh, you know, all the different people involved in our league from players to, to coaches, to general managers, to COOs. It is a, uh, it is certainly a big jigsaw puzzle, and I compliment uh, the leadership of the WNBA. It is not easy uh, to pull this huge, uh, huge season off, this unique season under um, unusual circumstances. But uh, obviously things will change as we are down in Florida. So uh, we understand it's a very unique and unusual season. Before we get into the discussions on the team, the one last question, Let, let's – address the elephant in the room. There has been an unbelievable increase in cases of COVID in Florida right now. How much does that concern you and the team, and does it change your thinking on how you prepare and what you look to do as you look to get down there? 
Yeah, you know, I, I uh, defer to the WNBA, who, with their medical experts, are keeping a very close eye on it, have more information than I personally would. But certainly the headlines at times are alarming to players and coaches. But we trust that the medical experts that are working daily and in, in close communication all the time with the WNBA leadership um, are, are, are watching that and understand uh, understandably, um, you know, concerned, but, uh, we have a, we have a plan in place to try to keep our, you know, they refer to it as times, uh, as the bubble. I'm not sure it is truly a bubble, but doing everything in their power to try to minimize outside, um, interaction with the people and our players that are involved and the coaches and the programs involved, um, at a clean site. And, uh, we'll do, you know, frequently and constantly testing um, and try to keep this as safe for the players and the, and the staff as we can. Okay, now getting into the basketball side of things. Uh, players had until 625 to opt in or opt out. John Quell was the one player on your team, and obviously it, it makes sense. She's not in the country. Why travel? All of the things that go with that. But were you surprised that there were so few announcements of people that are going to sit out? And I guess what goes with that is, was June 25th a real hard not a date, or can people still opt out? The date has been extended, David. Um, you know, that is, um, has leaked out and been more public um, today. Um, obviously, you know, everything is continuing to be unfolding, so I think we all have to stay tuned. In terms of JJ, most importantly, that she had complete and full support from the top of the organization down, uh, while her players would have our, you know, her teammates and, and players on the team would have loved for her to join. Um, we understand, um, and it wasn't one area for JJ. While um, you know, it, she is certainly uh, concerned about COVID, um, there are a lot of factors in, in, that contributed to JJ deciding that. I just want to, you know, be on the record of saying what a great thing for women's basketball that a player like JJ, who makes enough money during her Russian season, um, that can make that choice at a young age to to forego uh, a large salary and sit out and make that choice. Not everybody has that financial ability to make the choice that JJ has. So. She's had an unbelievable amount of support through the top of our organization on down to her fellow teammates. And so uh, we can't wait for her to get back and lead us in the 2021 season. Um, but, you know, we believe uh, that we will probably be a little overlooked, uh, a little undervalued now, um, and maybe not have um, as much pressure on our group. And we can have a lot of fun down in Florida and uh, I think we can still have a chance to be very, very special as a group. Yeah, that's a great point about making enough money, since that has been a always been a constant mention as negotiations and CBAs were talked about about the amount of money that the players are making. So, you know, what you bring up is an excellent point. Now, let's look at the team. You, you got six back and six new. So, so you know, first uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Jasmine and Alyssa Thomas are back. Natisha Heidemann, Brianna, Brianna Jones, uh, Teresa Plaisance, and Bria Holmes are back. So let's start with the vets. Uh, at least you in general know what you're going to get out of them. Now, without J.J. going to be there, you've got 
Bree and Teresa Plaisance both can play the post, two totally different types of players. Uh, where do you see the two of them becoming uh, in, uh, part of the offense and defense of this team? Yeah, I said before the beginning of last season, David, that, you know, Bree Jones has continued to play incredible basketball overseas and hasn't always had the opportunity or consistent minutes in the WNBA. Um, she has a great opportunity now, and she's in the last year of her rookie contract. It's a, it's a contract year for her. So, you know, I'm really excited. Uh, she looks fantastic. She's in market. She's working out. Um, and, you know, she's a really, really good teammate. She does a lot of undervalued things for us. She's an excellent screener. She has incredible basketball IQ, and so she's in the right place. Uh, a lot of the time defensively, a very underrated help defender, a very underrated team defensive player because she's so X's and O's smart. Um, you know, and she's a low post scorer. She gives us a low post presence. She doesn't have the versatility or the range of JJ, but certainly a physical uh, presence. Teresa extends the floor. You know, she's your typical face up uh, post player that brings great spacing to the game, uh, has good length, um, and, you know, can be uh, a rim protector, can be a presence around the rim with her length. But offensively is how she's stuck in the league with her versatility to be able to stretch the floor. And then we went out and uh, signed uh, uh, Beatrice Montpremier in, in the center position, a great athlete. I know you're talking mostly about veterans, but you can hear my excitement about our uh, our signing of a rookie. Uh, Beatrice is a 6'4", um, and the most athletic of the uh, the three post players, underrated uh, shooting range at the elbows, drives it better than people give her credit for. Um, you know, we'll look for some consistency. She was she was hurt. She had a foot injury during her senior year and missed significant time, nearly seven weeks of the season. Um, and probably a first-round um, skill potential, but that's seven weeks off. And then coming back to that and getting her timing probably kept her from the first round. Uh, but again, very, very excited that we were able to um, reach back out and sign Beatrice Montpremier with both Teresa and Brianna Jones in the last year of their contract. It gives us a great look at Beatrice in this unusual season uh, and gives us security for the future of having some talented post player like that on our roster. You know, you have two rookies on the team. Uh, uh, Beatrice Montpierre and Kyla Charles. Were you surprised that you were able to draft? Well, I know you were surprised that Kyla was still available, but that Beatrice was available again to you after the fact to sign. You, you mentioned that they that she's a first round talent. I, I was very surprised that she fell in the draft as far as she did, and then you know at a rookie salary, I was surprised the player with her type of talent was already out there on the market and nobody had signed her. Yeah, it was just an unusual situation on how this whole draft unfolded this year. She was drafted. I, you mentioned that Kyla and, and Beatrice were the two players that dropped into the second round, and I think around the league were the biggest surprises for a variety of reasons. Kyla, she doesn't have a history of shooting threes. 
uh, in college. And so people, uh, where the game has gone and where the professional game has gone, you can understand maybe there was a skill set um, that people question. Uh, I love Kyla Charles's touch. She's proven it in the few days that we've worked with her that she's a much better three-point shooter than people realize. She's a really smooth athlete. Uh, she dropped, and you can understand why. And then Beatrice, again, I think it had a lot, a lot to do with her injury during her senior year. She's, uh, she's a quiet uh, person, and so when you have to do your homework just on the phone with her, um, you know, you, uh, you understand, you know, there's a combination of factors, but surprising both of those two had first-round um, potential and dropped. And so when, she, when Beatrice was drafted by L.A. and they didn't have the cap space uh, and it didn't look like if everyone was going to show up for L.A. this season, it didn't look like they were going to be able to keep Beatrice on their roster. And then they made uh, the trade to bring, bring Christine Inigwe over um, and, you know, Beatrice was caught in a numbers game. Um, and again, some of these rookies making teams is all about timing and a little bit of luck where they, you know, they end up on a roster that really, truly needs rookies. So very fortunate. Um, you know, one of the uh, unintended consequences of J.J. deciding quickly to opt out and not delaying it all the way to the deadline was it gave us a chance to get to the waiver wire to pick up a player um, you know, faster than some other teams. And so very, very fortunate. Again, uh, we thought that the youth movement in that position with two um, quality backup centers in the last year of their contract uh, was a really, really important move for us. And so we were very fortunate to be able to get to Beatrice before other teams did. When you look at the, the veterans on the team, uh, including the new ones, including Dewana Bonner and, of course, Brianne January, uh, you look at them, you've got players that are pretty much known quantities between them and the Thomases. Uh, you pretty much know what you're getting on the court in general. Obviously, you got to bring them all together, but that's got to be really important as you go into this type of season. Uh, can you talk for a second about how difficult it's going to be to try and integrate all of these pieces along with a team that almost made it to the almost won a championship the the unintended consequence again i use that word a lot i know but uh, the unintended consequence of this kind of season is coming out of our quarantine in florida our training camp will not be very long and we will have to judge how in shape each and every um each and every individual player is um, because of the unique situation of the COVID pandemic, everybody's had a little bit different access to basketballs, to uh, ability to stay in shape. And so while training camp is not only short, we have the added complication of not everybody is in the shape that they typically are. So we've got to really manage and be smart as we prepare for games. And so um, you can't practice as long. And so having veterans that understand the WNBA uh, NBA game, understanding terminology, understanding how the season works is, is really, really important. Uh, just having the, the championship pedigree of Breon January, Kalina Mesquita-Lewis, and Dewana Bonner is just tremendous. And watching 
uh, Brian January workout and an individual workout for the first couple of days of her in market. Uh, she is just a absolute machine. Uh, is every bit as good a shooter as we explained. People do not give her credit that she's led the league twice in her career in three point percentage. Uh, it is just absolutely fun to watch her uh, go through an individual workout, and she's just going to bring so much leadership on top of her talent. Um, Kalina Mesquita Lewis, you know, walks in. And I, I, you know, barely missed a shot in the first hour of her first workout. And so, you know, I, you know, her her ability to shoot the ball is at an elite, elite level. When you have playmakers like Alyssa Thomas and Dewana Bonner, and we can utilize Kalina a lot, like we utilize the great shooting of Shakina Strickland. Uh, it's really fun to watch uh, Kalina uh, really, really shoot the ball, um, and she understands how to play. So. You know, we'll have to work to put her in position to be successful at both ends of the court. Um, but we really added some shooting and some veteran shooting. And then Dewana Bonner is as elite, as elite of a player as you get in the league. She's one of those top 10 type of talent in the league um, who's won at all levels and, and is so versatile, can play with the ball in her hands or without the ball in her hands. It's, even without J.J. having that combination of Alyssa Thomas and Dewana Bonner in some type of fashion on the court, either with a traditional five or playing a little bit of small ball. You know, I can't do this for all 22 games, roll, roll Dewana out to guard some of these massive uh, centers in our league, but we can really be a, a, a problem uh, for teams uh, when we have the ball offensively if we're playing small and Dewana's a five. Not many fives can guard Dewana, and so we, you know, may be undersized, um, but we could be really, really a fun team offensively, playing with some unique looks. Um, and uh, again, we can't ask Dewana to go out there and for 22 games and consistently guard fives, but in stretches we can play some small ball. That I think we could have some really fun lineups on the court. You're a coach that has always said that you like defense. Uh, you've got some great defenders. That's going to be a tremendous backcourt with Jasmine Thomas and Brian January in particular. How important is it going to be? Well, let me rephrase that. How much more important it, without the people getting all this work in advance, people working off rust, how important is it going to be to play that kind of defense right from the start of the season? And should we expect you know, to see some lower scores, do you think, and defense being of more importance? Well, certainly you look at our roster, and without Courtney Williams and, and Sakina Strickland and now John Quell, you would think that there's at night where we potentially could struggle to score uh, as well as we have for the last three years. And so defense is going to be uh, really, really important. But as you mentioned, a, a combination of Jasmine Thomas and Breon January uh, give us a chance to be really, really good in the backcourt defensively. Alyssa Thomas, in my opinion, is one of the elite top five defenders in the league. Dewana's length, regardless of what position she is guarding, um, gives us another good defender, a lengthy defender in her. And then it depends on how we want to play. Um, you know, Bria Holmes finished the season tremendously. Again, we can't, um, you know, thank her enough by leaving some money on the table and re-signing us and, and staying in front of family and friends in the state of Connecticut. Uh, it, I can't state it enough that 
how much our fan base should respect her decision to stay and play with us. And we think, you know, she, she was really, really good at the end of the last season. Uh, she's hard to stay in front of at the, you know, at the defensive end. She's an attacking, um, aggressive guard to the basket. But where you're going to see her next big growth is after, you know, starting her second year now with us, is she's going to take a jump at the defensive end. And uh, she has the ability to get in the passing lane. She has the ability to be a really lengthy, long defender. And I think now with a season under her belt of our team defensive philosophy, that she's only going to make a tremendous jump with our team defensive philosophy and, and become a reliable defender too. And we haven't even mentioned, you know, the athleticism of Kyla, the athleticism Kyla Charles and the athleticism of Beatrice Montpremier as they get comfortable with the pro game and the pro terminology. Uh, we've added two rookies who have great athleticism. So, um, you know, excited. And let's, we're going, let's not forget Natisha too. We got to get yeah, her in there too. Well, and Natisha, in, in my opinion, is a is a rising star. I I do believe. I told someone the other day that it, it wouldn't be surprising if somewhere down the line in her career, she's a three four year starting pro point guard, meaning she's one of the best twelve point guards in the world at some point in her career. So, um, I just have that much confidence in her, um, and uh, I think she's got an incredible future ahead of her. So. You know, we, we've, we've got some pieces. We know that some nights we may not have, um, you know, great offensive nights, but we've, we've added some defensive pieces to keep us in the games when we maybe not have our A offensive game. Uh, two quick questions to wrap this up is, you know, I've always had the pleasure of sitting on the baseline right by you and enjoying your banter back and forth with people and the referees. So with no fans there, Kurt, how difficult it's going to be for you to calm down the language? <laughs> well, I can be I can be unfortunately colorful. My mom, uh, <laughs> my mom uh, uh, reminds me uh, that she raised me right, and so uh, I'll just uh, you know maybe I'll carry a picture of my mom with me this season. <laughs> but uh, um, you know it, it'd be interesting. I, I still don't know for sure if I got a coach with a with a mask on or not. I think I may have to, which is. You know, to the players won't mind, uh, but uh, um, you, you know it's going to be an interesting year. We don't know if music's going to be pumped in, uh, if there will still be a DJ. So some of these things are still being worked out on all that's going to happen. But uh, it will be a unique environment uh, without fans. And certainly, our fans should be credited on why we've been the best home team record-wise um, last year and, and one of the best since I entered the league is, is clearly a credit to our fan base. And while they can't be there cheering us on in person, um, I hope that they're watching league pass and our games on, on not only Nesson, but uh, national television when we are, are one of the featured games, because uh, we will continue to need their support. And that was actually my next question was how difficult is it going to be without that sun faithful and that home court advantage? But I think you just addressed that perfectly. So, Coach, I wish you luck in getting everything organized. We'll keep looking and waiting and seeing, and we're all watching with uh, with bated breath as to see how this is going to work out and where the changes are going to come. And you know, it's going to be interesting. You've got a great group of locker room people, and I think in this type of env- environment with a short season, 
It's going to be important, as you mentioned about Jackie Jamelos, it's going to be hap- important to have people that you want to be in a foxhole with. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I just wish everyone well out there. Stay safe. Continue to keep social distancing and following guidelines that uh, um, can help through this. Um, and, and pray for the players and the staff that uh, we will stay, stay safe down in Florida also. Absolutely. Thanks again for your time today, Kurt. Thank you.